you're listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. Brought to you in association with OvertimeIreland.com. Now, here's the OTI guys. Hello and welcome back to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast. As always, myself, Colin uh, Kelly, taking you to the show. But as you heard there, the OTI guys. It's been quite a while since we were together on the show, but here we are once and for all back together. The band is back together. DJ joining us on the show, and I guess it only took uh, you know an unbeaten start for the New England Patriots through eight weeks of the season for it to get him back on the show. But I'm sure, DJ, all things pretty good with you uh, enjoying the season so far, I'm sure, as a New England Patriots fan and uh, sitting up there on your uh, high horse enjoying things and the view from where you're sitting. Yeah, call him a big shout-out to the 3-5 and five Indianapolis Colts in particular, 4-3 and three New York Jets, and, of course, I can't forget... The three and four Miami Dolphins, and of course in the AFC East, just in case anybody didn't notice, the seven and zero New England Patriots, led by star quarterback Tom Brady, another four touchdowns against the Miami Dolphins, thirty six seven. Hello, Dolphins fans. Hope you enjoyed that one. Oh well, as always, DJ just been uh, as politically correct as PC as he can when he comes on the show, and it's always a lot of Patriots love when he comes on. But we'll be talking about them, sure, in a little moment. I know I recapped it on the previous show, but I think we'll mention it just once more later on. And uh, you know, I always stick up for uh, Aaron Rodgers, and nobody really needs to stick up for him. But you know, I think Tom Brady's putting some uh, distance between him and the rest of the crew in that MVP race. So. As always, the show brought to you by OvertimeIreland.com and, of course, OTI Fantasy Fives as well. You can find all the information up on OvertimeIreland.com to uh, get all the ways to enter, how to play, £3 to enter, winner takes the pool, and uh, it's been a lot of fun over the last few weeks. Yet again, very, very close to winning it this week, but uh, did not get the job done in the end. It looks like Donica Brennan has come up with the spoils in that one. But... Um, Again, OTI Fantasy Fives, do check that out. And, of course, check us out as well on Twitter. It's at Overtime Ireland. Available iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all the ways to listen to podcasts. Give us a rating or a comment on there and continue to spread the word, as you have been doing, uh, and we are very, very thankful for that over the past few weeks. So, without further ado, let's get ourselves into the Week 8 Recap. Let's recap this weekend's NFL action. It's the OTI Weekend Roundup. So week 8, lots of stuff to talk about, lots of news coming out, obviously we usually do the recap earlier in the week, but uh, I was at the Melbourne Cup races yesterday, so a little bit later than usual and uh, a little bit more sun on my face than usual, <laughs> a little bit red, looking a little bit like a tomato today, but uh, with the uh, the news coming out over the last few days, gives us a little bit more time to reflect, gives us a little bit more time to see what's going on around all the NFL teams, but lots of big stories coming out and uh, I guess uh, we'll start off DJ with the news that uh, Keenan Allen is going to miss the rest of the season for the San Diego Chargers. Keenan Allen's gone missing and so has my chances of probably making the playoffs in our Fantasy League. San Diego Chargers fans, I'm standing in solidarity with you and missing Keenan Allen already. Yeah, it's been, uh, you know, I've been looking around the, the waiver wire this morning trying to think of ways to uh, replace Keenan Allen. Unfortunately for him, uh, a bad, bad injury. Uh, obviously, not really, it's obviously not a muscular injury, a kidney laceration, which is very, very severe. He has had a procedure to you know, try and let that heal up better. So he's been placed on injured reserve, going to miss the rest of the season. Had been on a phenomenal pace throughout the uh, the first eight weeks of the season with uh, catches, yards, touchdowns. He was on a, a nice little streak there with Philip Rivers. Really the main part of that offense is Antonio Gates missed the first four weeks and Gates picked up that injury. He was back this past week, but injured himself catching that touchdown, an acrobatic catch, just the way he landed. Obviously, something moved inside his body that shouldn't have moved. And 
unfortunately for him, going to miss the rest of this season. We do wish him, obviously, a speedy recovery, and a lot of people, uh, fantasy-wise, will be taking a hit on that one, but again, uh, a lot more uh, important than fantasy football is Keenan Allen's long-term health. So hopefully we'll see him back on the field from the very start of next season, but disappointing for the, the Chargers, and their season, obviously, has been... Um, very very tough in recent weeks you know there was a lot of hope probably around this Chargers team I thought they would be in for big things at the start of the season but just hasn't worked out offensive line issues have continued to really hurt them they had 12 players during this game against the uh, against the Ravens that went out through injury some of them did return some of them didn't Keenan Allen was one of the ones that didn't return and uh, unfortunately for them again he will not be returning for the rest of the season so a loss for the Chargers they fall to two and six uh, the Baltimore Ravens get this win DJ in this game but we talked about season ending injuries and this one was brutal Steve Smith who had announced earlier in the season that it was going to be his last year in the NFL looks now like he possibly will come back for the 2016 season he tore his Achilles in this one once he went down it did not look good and uh, it looked like an Achilles injury all the way and really and truly uh, very very sad to see one of the uh, the great wide receivers of the the last you know 10 years if he does go out on this you know Achilles injury is very hard to come back from if he goes out on this note it would be very sad uh, for his great career to end on a note like this I think that's what might push him to come back next season but uh, Steve Smith out for the rest of the season as well for the Ravens they picked up the win here but at a huge, huge cost. And, um, you know, yet again, it's going to be very, very tough for them to mount any sort of a challenge without him because he really was, like Keenan Allen, a huge, huge part of that offense. Really helped move the chains on multiple occasions during the season and um, just two big, big wide receivers missing for the rest of the year. Colin, one of the undefeated teams that are now on 7-0 and and having a, a quarterback that sometimes really, really pretends to maybe fantasy football and that's... Andy Dalton and the Cincinnati Bengals, they went to 7-0 and with a 16-10 to victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. And let alone losing the actual game, the Steelers probably are in considerable agony over the fact that Le'Veon Bell went down with a knee injury in the middle of the second quarter and is extremely likely to miss the rest of the season with a badly torn MCL. Yeah, I think uh, you know he's pretty, there's no chance of him playing the rest of the season. Hasn't been put on injured reserve at the time of recording, but I think that is highly likely. Uh, you know, we talked about Big Ben being out for a few weeks since he got injured against the Rams. He comes back in this one, but unfortunately for the Steelers, they lose out on another major weapon. Le'Veon Bell playing as the best wide receiver in the NFL. Maybe Todd Gurley could be very close to him in that their terms, but he's done it over a longer period of time. Has been phenomenal. And just the way his knee twisted as he went down under the tackle, obviously no malice in the tackle, but just the way the knee twisted it didn't look good from the very start and uh, unfortunately another star player missing the rest of the season when you look at this week pretty pretty brutal I think this you know for star player positions obviously each and every week we get players injured offensive line defensive line you know maybe some of the lesser known players of the NFL and people don't talk about it as much with this week for star names pretty pretty brutal uh, as the NFL schedule goes and um probably going to see it going forward. It was interesting. I heard some people talking about the Daylight Savings Time. Stefania Bell of the, the ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast talking prior to the weekend on their Friday show, talking about Daylight Savings Time when the clock changes in America, that often there's a lot of injuries in the NFL, whether there's any reason for that or not. It was just interesting that it was mentioned. And then, of course, this week, so many injuries and players going down. The Bengals getting the win, DJ, and that one's 16-10. But you know, you mentioned Andy Dalton at the start. This wasn't his best game of the season, not by a long shot. Uh, but the the defense of the the uh, Cincinnati Bengals stepped up in a big way. The Pittsburgh Steelers marched on the first drive of the game, obviously with Le'Veon Bell in the lineup. Pick up a touchdown on that drive, and the Antonio Brown and Big Ben Link seemed to get back in action very, very swiftly in this one. 
But then later in the game, Big Ben coming back from that injury, whether it was maybe fatigue from just not playing the last few weeks or what it was, but two picks in the fourth quarter and the Bengals picking up the win in that one. Andy Dalton with a clutch drive towards the end, throwing a touchdown pass to AJ Green. They're, you know, the star combination of this team. And, uh, you know, they're linking up very, very well. The Bengals coming off the bye week, pick up another win. Really locks this division up. And I think. Um, they're looking playoff bound and you know your Patriots DJ are on a real roll so are the Bengals so we have a little bit of a competition for the top seed in the AFC but again both these teams really on a roll at the moment and uh, I think uh, the Bengals have really and truly wrapped up this division St. Louis Rams Colin getting a 27 to 6 victory over the San Francisco 49ers Todd Gurley with a massive game here finished with 133 yards on 20 carries including a 71 yard touchdown run Colin. Yeah obviously Gurley I've been ranting and raving about him over the last few weeks on the show absolutely phenomenal I've seen comments coming out with the Vikings players talking about Gurley and saying that he's the second coming of Adrian Peterson and uh, you know if he has any sort of a career like Peterson's he's going to be a phenomenal asset for that Rams offense but 27 to 6 DJ the St. Louis Rams dominated this one and the San Francisco 49ers are in a mess I mentioned on the preview show with Jeff Ryan that they were a train wreck he said that was being kind and after this game I think it was being pretty kind but they are in other words something that we probably shouldn't use on the show so we'll just bypass what they actually are but the team at the moment not very impressive the quarterback situation is definitely in flux because Colin Kaepernick is going to be sitting this coming week and we're going to see Blaine Gabbard so that is not good for the 49ers organization when you look at Blaine Gabbard uh, got some tweets in from Jaguars fans and uh, Stevie Howden in particular, he tweeted on a t-shirt that he has that says, I survived I survived Blaine Gabbard, so uh, maybe the 49ers fans uh, should uh, not be too excited about this week. But Colin Kaepernick regressed so much over the last couple of years, missing uh, some simple reads in the game, missing some simple passes, and it just has not been good from the 49ers. Carlos Hyde looked amazing in week one, and things just haven't worked out in the week since he's injured last week, did not play against the Rams. And in his absence, then Reggie Bush picked up an injury in this one, and he's out for the rest of the season, another player out for the rest of the year. So it's just been a, a brutal week for injuries, and the 49ers just uh, three field goals in their past two games, so nine points out of the last two games. The Rams, on the other hand, looking good. They're not doing anything spectacular. They have obviously got Todd Gurley in the backfield. He had a spectacular 71-yard touchdown run, as you mentioned, but when you're looking around uh, this team, Tavon Austin, you know, they haven't been able to use him in the last couple of years, but with uh, everything going now right on offense with a little bit of balance with the running back situation and Todd Gurley... Foles is doing just what he needs to do he's not doing anything spectacular and uh, uh, with the way they're using Tavon Austin at the moment two touchdowns for him in this one so he's been used helping spread the field and it's it's an interesting situation in St. Louis defensively superb and uh, we'll see how far they go but they're they're in the hunt now easy for a playoff spot and obviously the, the 49ers are in the hunt for that first overall pick so we'll see how things go but uh as well, just when we're on the case of the 49ers, got a couple of questions in on Twitter over the last week, and it was about Jared Hayen, and he obviously got released by the 49ers at the end of last week, which was quite surprising, because obviously Carlos Hyde wasn't going to play against the Rams, but Reggie Bush comes in, he picks up that injury, and prior to Reggie Bush's injury, I had responded to a number of those tweets that I thought that he would end up on the practice squad again, and that is what has happened, but then with Reggie Bush's injury, we'll see if he gets moved up the ladder, but the 49ers signing Pierre Thomas uh, in the last couple of hours and he's going to be with them for the rest of the season so veteran leadership there at the running back position we'll see how he does he worked out for the the Texans earlier in the season when fostered that injury so we're going to see what happens um, with Jared Hayne but Pierre Thomas gets himself in, into another team in the NFL we'll see how things go definitely should have been back on a roster sooner than now too good of a running back to be sitting 
uh, at home on the sofa for this long, but we'll see if he still has it uh, when he gets back in that 49ers lineup and he's going to be doing it with a different quarterback in Blaine Gabbard. But Hayne, um obviously, he doesn't seem too disappointed. You know, he came into the league, DJ, and you know, had never put on pads before, say, six months ago, and gets himself onto the roster. You know, when he signed with the 49ers originally, it always looked like he was going to be a practice squad player, get himself some time to develop, move forward, and then maybe in a year or two try and make the roster, which happens with a lot of players coming out of college. So he was well behind their development. So amazing that he made the roster in the first place, got some snaps in the regular season. But now back on the the practice squad gives him time to learn the craft, develop, and uh, we'll see how he does going forward. So I think uh, the practice squad probably helps him now for the rest of the season to uh, hone his craft. He's really just still, (laughs) you wouldn't even really call him a rookie in terms of uh, American football play because most people playing it since high school, he hasn't played it at all up until just uh, about six months ago. So we'll see how he does going forward. Next game updates the New Orleans Saints and the New York Giants in this game. Calling this game a shootout would be an understatement. 52-49 to 49 the final score. Uh, tying the record for most touchdowns by a quarterback in a single game was Drew Brees. They broke the record for the most uh, combined touchdowns by two quarterbacks between Eli Manning and Drew Brees. And uh, just a sensational game. Odell Beckham on the losing side with a, an absolutely monster performance. Three touchdowns for him. So... Uh, quite amazing the way this game finished up you have to feel uh, sorry for the the Giants with putting up 49 points and losing but a game a few years ago that it reminded me of was the Dallas Cowboys the Denver Broncos when Peyton Manning was really at the height of his powers and a shootout down in Jerry World and uh, the Broncos coming out on top of that a similar score but uh, over 100 points in a single game did you catch much of this DJ it was uh, just seemed to be every time it came on the TV there was another touchdown going in yeah Colm I can safely say if anybody but any money on there being probably more than 80 points in this game <laughs> they're probably the latest millionaire in the world Like nobody could have ever really seen this result it's just one of those things happens once every probably 10 seasons at most or at least but I was quite happy that Eli Manning put up massive points in this game he lost but at the end of the day he's only my fantasy quarterback and <laughs> how the Giants actually do isn't my concern it's Eli Manning getting the points yeah well uh, people will learn quickly if they haven't heard DJ on the show before there's two things DJ cares about on here and that is the New England Patriots and his fantasy team so uh Sorry there to Giants fans who are bitterly disappointed after the weekend's action. I'm sure Broad Sutherland, who uh, writes occasionally for Overtime Ireland, a big Giants fan, is probably not too happy with DJ's last few comments. But you mentioned there, DJ, something that happens once every 10 years. Well, I did say about the game with the Cowboys uh, and the, the Broncos. That's only, uh, I think, three years ago. But usually this here is very rare for over 100 points in the game. doesn't happen all that often in the NFL, I can guarantee you that. But uh, this game, some people would have thought it could have been a shootout with the teams involved. Defences mightn't be all that great, but the the Giants in the last couple of weeks have not scored many points, and they haven't actually given up that many points in their last few games. And then on the other hand, the Saints have put up, you know, this is their third win in a row. They have turned things around quite nicely. Looked like the season was dead and buried for them. Turned it around with a couple of wins uh, in ba- three back-to-back weeks, and they haven't been putting up huge points, probably in around the, the 27 to 30 point mark, but uh, they went well over that this week. And then defensively, they, they give up a ton of points this week. So an interesting game to watch. Really enjoyed the highlights of this one. And uh, again, uh, Drew Brees seems to have turned things around since that early season shoulders injury. And we'll see if they can uh, mount some sort of a wild card place. But 
we'll be talking in a, in a moment about the Titans and so on. They have uh, been on a roll, so one in the division is really going to be hard. Next up, the most exciting game, DJ, of the week. We just talked about a game that there was 100 points scored in. Well, a game that there was 26 points scored in, and absolutely no excitement at all, really, for a watching point of view. A 22-6 win for the Texans at home. Obviously lost Foster last week. I thought the t- Titans would put up a fight in this one. Obviously, uh, Mario is sitting out, and with that, Zach Mettenberger starting a really poor performance uh, offensively from them, and then the Houston Texans got the job done. Obviously, when you have a player like DeAndre Hopkins in your lineup who is scoring touchdowns every week, catching many, many passes every week, uh, you're going to have a chance to win uh, and put up some points. But 20 to 6, the final score. Houston Texans win, really. Uh, the less said about this, probably the better. On the other hand, uh, Jadavion Clowney left the game with a back injury. We'll see how he does. You know, he's really struggled with injuries since his time coming into the league, and we'll see if he can shake that injury tag uh, in the next couple of weeks. And. Uh, hopefully before the end of the season, but a lot more would have been expected of him over his first two seasons after being the number one overall pick. Next up, uh, the or sorry, just EJ, before before we wrap that up uh, and move on from the Titans game, but in news came out of Tennessee, a huge piece of news for them, and that is that their head coach has been let go, Ken Wisenhunt, uh, being cut from them. They had two and a half years left on his current deal, only a year and a half into his uh, contract and uh, with uh, the number one overall pick a lot of people would have thought that he would have got a lot more time this season Mike Malarkey taking over as the interim head coach uh, for them they are one and six on the season so it was a huge surprise to see them let him go because obviously they had a bad record last year and new quarterback coming in second overall pick I think I might have said first overall pick him in to go but when you when you look at uh, the start of the season I thought they would have given him a little bit more time because there's been a couple of games that Mariota was hurt in and so on but no time left for Wisenhunt, and in comes Mike Malarkey for the rest of the season. We'll see if he can uh, pick up a couple of wins. But the way that division is, DJ, and we'll be talking about teams in it in a little moment, it's not out of the realms of possibility that the, the Titans get back into it with the way the Colts season has been. The Texans uh, have, have not been running up the scores. They did get a win against the Titans this week. So it's been, uh, it's been a very, very poor display from that division in, in, in total and uh, when we look around it all teams still have a chance because the Colts with three wins and then when you look around it the Texans all the way down to the Titans who have one win still only two games back from first place so we'll see what happens in the in the next few weeks. Arizona Cardinals win on the road against the Cleveland Browns 34-20. Carson Palmer had another nice game here and uh, Michael Floyd with a big game. Larry Fitzgerald with a nice game and the man who didn't get involved at all was John Brown. A lot of people had him on their fantasy lineups. We got a couple of tweets of people very frustrated that he was active but didn't get any any touches, didn't get any snaps. A bit like what we've seen with Chris Ivory a couple of weeks back uh, for the New York Jets. But a big win. All the Titan or all the Cardinals care about is putting up points on the board and getting wins. And they got a win on the road here, which is never easy in the NFL. And uh, continue on their strong march this season. Chris Johnson, amazing that. Uh, you know, after getting shot in the offseason, has come into the NFL and he had 109 yards and 30 carries. You probably would be expecting a little bit more off 30 carries, but uh, the Cleveland Browns, too, really struggling to stop the run this season. But Josh McCown getting a little bit nicked up again in this game, got injured last week against the Rams and uh, further injured that shoulder this week. So, uh, news for the Cleveland Browns fans there's a possibility that Johnny Manziel will be starting this week. Uh, they're preparing for him to start with the injury to Josh McCowan. But like last week, Josh McCowan obviously had a, a couple of... Uh, or it was very touch-and-go in a game-day decision to see if he would play, and he did play in that one, so we'll see how it goes this week. But at the moment, it's looking like it could be Johnny Football again for the Cleveland Browns. The Cardinals win. They go into their bye week, so uh, a nice start to the season for the Cardinals. 
We already mentioned the Baltimore Ravens winning uh, 29 to 26 against the San Diego Chargers, so we'll roll on past that one. And uh, DJ, I guess we'll uh, we'll mention the Minnesota Vikings. They get a win uh, with a Blair Walsh field goal against the Chicago Bears. Teddy Bridgewater struggled most of the way throughout this day, but he did link up a couple of times with Stefan Diggs, who's had a nice three or four week stretch since he's got his starts in the in the league for the Minnesota Vikings, looking very good for them. He's had a, a couple of nice games. He had a forty yard touchdown in this. He had six catches for ninety five yards, and you know. In his last four games, he's had at least six catches and 80 yards, so a major, major part of this offense going forward, I would imagine, for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you know, there's players in this team, Charles Johnson, had a big catch at one point in this, but you know, a lot of people were expecting big things for him coming into the season. Nothing's really happened. Mike Wallace as well, very, very quiet. On the Chicago Bears side, um, Jay Cutler's playing very well the last couple of weeks. Um, then again, he has Alshon Jeffrey back as well, which really, really helps in the Bears. Some bad news for them, obviously, um, an injury to Matt Forte. He's expected to miss a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, hasn't been defined yet as to how long, but expected to be at least a two-week injury. We'll see as we get some updates going back. And uh, this game really decided, when you look at the final score, being so close to special teams, uh, punt return for the Minnesota Vikings. Looked very, very easy on the return for the Vikings, but uh, they get the win in the end. And uh, again, you know, team, I keep mentioning on the show, they're doing it quietly. They're not doing much that's impressive. Another quite enough day for Adrian Peterson, but they're getting the job done and they're continuing to pile up W's and that's all that matters in the NFL. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, DJ up next and there they played in Atlanta this week and this was a game I thought the Atlanta Falcons would roll to victory in. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost uh, a week ago to the Washington Redskins had a 21-point lead in that and blew it. They won this game in overtime. Uh, the Falcons were well behind in this game. I think they were 14 points behind late in the third quarter, early in the fourth quarter, and they got it all tied up, got it to overtime, and then the Buccaneers get the win with that late field goal. When you look at uh, James Winston's performance, you get the full experience of what it's like to be a rookie quarterback. Some brilliant throws, some terrible throws, some bad decisions, some good decisions. But in the end, he led the team to get that field goal to win the game in overtime. A big win for them against the Falcons on the road. The Falcons have looked, I don't know, it's hard to describe them. They're 6-2 and two at the moment. Lots of mediocre performances by Matt Ryan. And between him and the centre, there's been a lot of failed exchanges, failed snaps, low snaps. So, so again, in this game, they turned the ball over in the red zone, similar to the game last week against the, the Titans when they won 10-7. They just they have been putting up points. They've been having a lot of time in the red zone and then turnovers. And I don't know what way uh, Falcons fans would make excuses for it. But I've just uh, watched in the last couple of years he, or last couple of weeks he had 397 yards in this game. He had two scores, but then he uh, just some of the turnovers. And they're, they're, they they should be simple to rectify. Whether it's handing it off to the running back, whether it's the snap from the center, but we'll just see can the Falcons sort that out again. Six and two on the season, so gives them a little bit of breathing room but again they're only in the wild card hunt at the moment because with the record uh, that the Panthers have they are top of the division in sole possession of that uh, spot at the moment so still plenty of time for the Falcons 6-2 and two gives you that time and uh, we'll see if they can turn things around dropping uh, just some, some very bad turnovers DJ Wembley was up uh, this week as well. The Kansas City Chiefs, 45, demolishing the Detroit Lions. They had gone to Jim Bob Cutter early in the week, <laughs> changed their offensive coordinator, flew over to London. I thought that it wouldn't help because short week changing coordinator, a lot of people went to the bye week to do something like that, and they changed them. Uh, they changed them the week before the bye week. Didn't give them much time as they travelled to London. Obviously didn't look good on the field. 45-10 to 10 to finish Kansas City Chiefs dominating. Um, 
obviously not much to say other than the Chiefs ran away with it. Alex Smith looked uh, a bit like Steve Young in this one, but I wouldn't be getting too carried away with Alex Smith's performance. He had I seen a stat uh, this week that he had more rushing yards than uh, Aaron Rodgers had passing yards against the Denver Broncos. We'll be talking about that game in a minute, but just um, a dominating display by the Chiefs. The Chiefs still have a chance uh, getting a wild card spot, so we'll see how they go going forward. Detroit Lions, like the 49ers, in the hunt, I would imagine, for that number one overall pick. Matthew Stafford not playing good this season so far. They can't run the ball. So much, uh, so much just going wrong for them at the moment. Yeah, and Colin, speaking of Wembley and London in general, the NFL announced a partnership with the Rugby Football Union and a minimum of three regular season games at Twickenham Stadium in London over a three-year period. The deal which is the first of its kind with the RFU starts in October 2016 and also the NFL recently announced that it extended its Wembley Stadium agreement with a minimum of two years two games per year to be played here through 2020 and also earlier in the year the NFL reached an agreement with a small soccer team in North <laughs> London known as Tottenham Hotspur to play at least two games per year at the Premier League's new club's new stadium which will be slightly bigger than Arsenal but will also probably be more empty than Arsenal so the NFL getting in there so Spurs can actually say they have a good crowd at least twice a season DJ getting in uh, the third thing he cared about I was wondering if he would fit that in there obviously Arsenal uh, we're big Arsenal fans but uh, <laughs> DJ not a big fan of Tottenham Hotspur but it's, uh, it is great for the growth of the game in the UK obviously everyone keeps asking about a franchise in the UK I don't think it's a good idea to have a franchise in the UK but there's a possibility you know to have upwards of five games in the next couple of years per season so it's going to be well and truly uh, on the way you know eight games as a regular season for a home team in the NFL eight home eight away so getting well and truly close to that possibility I think I was working out that could be all the way up at 1.27 games you know depending on how they run this contract out but you mentioned there DJ I was corrected on Twitter you mentioned it's three games over three years. I thought it was three games per year over three years, but it's not. It's three games in total over a three-year period. So it could be one game next year, one game the year after, and one game. So it could be one a year, or it could be three next year. It could be one next year, two the following year. So we'll just see how that all goes uh, and folds out, because obviously with the, the agreement with Tottenham Hotspur for the following season in 2018, maybe they'll use up these three games over a two-year period. We'll see. We'll see how it goes, but definitely more and more games more and more stadiums to view as well it's going to be interesting to see if there's a much of a different experience going to watch it in Twickenham than there was at Wembley obviously all the people at Wembley this week I have got a lot of feedback uh, talking about how the Chiefs have probably done the best job taking it over and authenticating the atmosphere at Arrowhead obviously one of the loudest stadiums in the league and uh, I just have to say that it, uh, it looked great on TV obviously it was a blowout but seemed to be uh, one of the better experiences from a fan perspective at Wembley Stadium so far so I'm sure now after seeing that I'll get feedback to say that it was terrible because it was a blowout but just going on the feedback I've received so far but more positive uh, for NFL in the UK, Europe and Ireland I know everyone says NFL UK but it is really NFL throughout the whole of the the European Union and so on it gives everyone a chance to to travel over to London to see the game so interesting uh, development and we'll see in the next couple of years what uh, happens with those games a lot of people wondering who's going to be playing in those games. It's always exciting to find out. Usually they announce exactly how many games there's going to be and then in a few weeks after they announce uh, the teams and it's usually close to that last game. So we had back-to-back games for the first time this year with uh, the last two weeks in Wembley. So we'll see the, the decision going forward. But, you know, 
uh, it'd be nice to see some of the big teams, some big games coming over in the next couple of the seasons. But uh, again, they would obviously not want to give up their home games. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Who gives up home games? And maybe it's against one of the bigger teams in the NFL. We'll see the lineup in the coming weeks. DJ, the Seattle Seahawks got a win against the Dallas Cowboys. It was far from impressive, thirteen to twelve. Uh, Seahawks on offense just not clicking at the moment doing just enough in this game they had multiple chances they missed a field goal attempt uh, just disappointing enough watching them to be honest because the Dallas Cowboys who did get Des Bryant back in this game he was shadowed all night by Richard Sherman kind of locking him down in it but the uh, just I don't know they, they just don't look as impressive as they have in the last few years but again uh, plenty of time going forward to click into gear but they need to keep touch with the Arizona Cardinals and that's why they badly needed the win in this with the Cardinals winning earlier on Sunday so a win for them, Dallas Cowboys have been in a little bit of disarray without Tony Romo, need to get him back, they got Dez back need to get Tony back now to see if they can uh, get get some wins on the board the Giants obviously leading this division they lost it this week as well so that gives them a little bit of a chance to get back into it, we'll see how it goes going forward, the big winners this week probably in that division would have been the two teams on by that's the Washington Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles they they both uh, obviously didn't play this week but both teams in their division losing so probably helps them a little bit as as they move forward in the divisional race so these are just uh, two games to go before we wrap up here with the Oakland Raiders they win against the New York Jets the Raiders looking pretty much like the real deal at the moment looking very impressive on offense Amari Cooper looking good again he was obviously tied up with Darrell Revis but it helped to open the game up then for Michael Crabtree seven catches for him 102 yards and a touchdown he's playing pretty well this season after getting a move across the bay from the 49ers Uh, obviously the 49ers we mentioned earlier not doing too well Uh, the Jets secondary in this year seemed to get outside off Revis obviously pretty much torn up they picked on Marcus Williams all day Uh, you know I thought it was obviously going to be the key matchup was uh, with Darrell Revis and Cooper, but uh, they went elsewhere, as you probably would expect. And uh, a nice one here for the Raiders. Quarterback changing multiple times in this game. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick tore ligaments in his left thumb, so he came out of the game. Then uh, Geno Smith <laughs> came onto the game. He he had to go out for a few plays then later, so it was just handoffs at that point because Fitzpatrick couldn't throw the ball. Then Geno Smith came in to uh, finish. Some head-scratching decisions all around from the, both the quarterbacks, but we'll see uh, going forward it looks like it's going to be Geno Smith this week with the thumb injury to Ryan Fitzpatrick and uh, we'll see with a week of preparation under his belt uh, how things go for them but not a, not a good performance here by the New York Jets and back-to-back losses losing to the Patriots last week losing to the Raiders this week this is the kind of game that you'd usually expect the Raiders to drop in after a big win against the Chargers the week before but back-to-back wins looking good and I'm enjoying watching them at the moment and we'll see how it goes for the rest of the season but a big step forward so far this season for the uh, Oakland Raiders on their performances the last few years and uh, Amari Cooper, Derek Carr, uh, Michael Crabtree, Latavius Murray they're all linking up quite well and the, the team's looking pretty good Team DJ didn't look good this week and it hurts me to say it the Green Bay Packers did not look very very good and I'm going to pretty much put that down to the performance of the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Broncos' defense is definitely for real. I've been mentioning it from, I think I mentioned it probably from week one or two of the season about how good they've looked and uh, definitely the best defense at the moment in the NFL, looking ferocious. Winning 29-10 to 10 against the, the Packers. Could not get anything moving on offense for the Packers. Peyton Manning uh, playing his best game of the season by quite a considerable distance, 340 yards, uh, one interception. But he was going deep to Demarius Thomas, who had 168 yards, kind of toasted the Packers' secondary. 
a lot of short passes then to Owen Daniels and Virgil Green for 105 yards. Just thought overall, a very, very impressive performance by the Broncos offense. Best performance I think they had this season, I'd have to say, offensively, defensively. Absolutely phenomenal. Very, very tight coverage, looking very, very strong. really dominated the Packers overall so a big win for the Denver Broncos against the Packers I think it's just coming off the bye week I thought we'd see more out of the Packers but they just could not shake this uh, coverage that the Denver Broncos had and they really pressured Rodgers uh, sacked three times it was kind of an embarrassing safety for the Packers in the fourth quarter Rodgers dropped the ball uh, led to a safety but so overall I think I'll put this one down to how good the Denver Broncos defense are rather than uh, the Packers but they do need to get things going they got uh, Devontae Adams back in this one but didn't get much to him Randall Cobb couldn't get open very much so you know there is worrying signs for the Packers uh, the last couple of weeks on offense but hopefully they can pick it up as they go and play the Panthers this coming week obviously still a top of the division force lost this season so let's not just get to panic stations yet this Denver Broncos team though the questions have been about the offense and as I mentioned Peyton Manning uh, 72.4% completion in this game so he looked to be back to uh, playing uh, at a higher level than he has been all season so maybe worrying signs DJ for your your other uh, parts in that AFC division of course I'm talking about the New England Patriots uh, were you impressed obviously by how the Denver Broncos played this past week? Look on the Denver Broncos are always going to be there thereabouts I don't see why people are particularly surprised by what Peyton Manning can do like he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game and he has some very good offensive weapons there too, so the Broncos definitely are going to be in the playoff hunt and probably will go far into the playoffs until they meet the Patriots. Yeah, well at the moment it's looking, you know, I mentioned uh, earlier you have uh, 7-0 Broncos, 7-0 Patriots and 7-0 Bengals, so you have three teams in 7-0, so it's going to be an interesting race in that perspective for home field advantage. Obviously the first and second teams getting the bye week as well, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see who ends up getting that because one of those teams isn't going to get there in the end up uh, obviously with the Broncos I said um, I'm sure some people heard the beeping noise there in the background for a few moments we were having some connection issues as we recorded but I continue to talk on anyway but DJ mightn't heard it but the uh, Broncos issues have been people talking about the offense struggling and the offense really kicked into gear in this one so a bit of a worrying sign maybe for the rest of the AFC last game AFC as well against NFC and I mentioned earlier you know teams like the Atlanta Falcons a little bit behind now with the Carolina Panthers. They're 7-0 as well. Phenomenal start to the season. I think they have won their last 11 regular season games. Obviously, they lost in the playoffs last year to the uh, Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. But the Panthers have been on a really, really excellent run. Phenomenal run, really. Uh, Hung on here to uh, get the win against the Colts. They were in absolute control of this until the fourth quarter when uh, the Colts marched back to about 17 points in the fourth quarter to get it to overtime then Andrew Luck threw an interception to Luke Keekley and uh, then Graham Gano with a long long field goal I think it was a 52 yard attempt maybe sealing the deal for the Panthers big one for them uh, puts them in real control off their destiny going towards the playoffs and uh, you know I've mentioned it on the shows they're not doing anything spectacular defensively very very solid Norman really shut down T.Y. Hilton in this game both Moncrief and Hilton no catches until the fourth quarter so he's playing uh, absolutely phenomenally Keekley's playing amazing uh, I mentioned the interception had a chance in regulation to end the game with an interception but couldn't hold on but overall the Panthers not doing anything spectacular in offense you know just moving the chains Cam Newton doing his thing rushing sometimes you get the odd wayward throw thrown in there and then some lasers as well so he's um, 
He's doing enough for his leading this team and Jonathan Stewart, Mike Tolbert. Tolbert with a 42-yard catch and run in this game. So he's been a part of the offense the last few weeks, the, the human bowling ball. But we mentioned DG2 just bouncing back to the, the Denver Broncos. They also nearly made a trade for uh, Joe Thomas, but it fell through with the Browns looking for just a little bit too much for him. That would have helped their offensive line immensely. But they did pick up uh, Vernon Davis in a trade this week and uh, just before the deadline. So Vernon Davis, we, I talked about as well, I think it was 103 yards combined for their two tight ends in this past week so you know you get a player like Vernon Davis in now and you know we see Kaepernick been moved along in San Francisco maybe it's not all down to what Vernon Davis was doing over the last kind of season and a half that his production has dropped off so we'll see put him in with Peyton Manning we'll see what he can do there still has some of that speed left good hands we'll see how he does in the Denver Broncos offense but team 7-0 and when they're making moves like this here obviously they're in win now mode with Peyton Manning trying to win it all this year so we're going to see what happens going forward for Vernon Davis but in a week hugely filled with injuries some teams really hit hard in that perspective we'll see how the rest of them do going forward we'll see how those teams recover but that's all the games wrapped up for the recap obviously I mentioned it was a little bit later this week than normal, but I'm going to be joined now later in the week, uh, Thursday or Friday. It's going to be a pretty early preview show, so it'll be back-to-back shows in quick succession. I'm going to be joined by Christopher Harris of the Harris Football Podcast. Great for all your NFL fantasy uh, requests. He answers your questions. He gives great information. He used to work with ESPN out on his own now, doing some great stuff. So he's going to be joining me for... Uh, a show later in the week so get start sending in your questions if you have any lineup questions any things rest of season uh, rest of season might be better than lineup but we'll go for that we'll see who he likes going forward see what he thinks of this week's games and looking forward to talking to him and i'm sure he'll have some perspective on a lot of those big fantasy football injuries that we mentioned early in the show but that there is us done and dusted for another recap show i'm about to hit the gym it is 10 30 a.m here in melbourne dj is in ireland so uh, DJ, what time's it there? Yeah, I call them, it's 20 minutes away from midnight. Yeah, so it's always uh, good fun now scheduling these shows. Same with Christopher Harris. It's going to be an evening for him, morning for me, and it's going to be fun recording it. But uh, looking forward to that show, as I mentioned. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at the Colum Kelly. You can follow DJ on Twitter. Since you were last on, DJ, you've changed the Twitter handle, so I'll let you go ahead and name that one out. Yeah, call him, it's at Mr. DJ Kelly BSC. No, the man with the degree now making everyone on Twitter know that so follow DJ on Twitter as well and of course follow that Overtime Ireland account if you're not doing so already at Overtime Ireland keep spreading the word uh, keep listening to the show obviously downloading multiple devices uh, whatever you can do to, to spread the word off Overtime Ireland and of course until I'm back later in the week and hopefully we'll be on sooner rather than later again have a good one thank you for listening to the Overtime Ireland American Football Podcast please follow us on Twitter at Overtime Ireland Check out OvertimeIreland.com and continue to spread the word. This has been an Overtime Ireland production.